going to turn to number 220. 200. And it's good to be. Good to see you. Amen. Amen. 220, he leadeth me. That's good enough. Amen.
And so the message is important. You can have everybody in here been saved for 30 years or something, you know. And somebody listening in needs something that you've heard a thousand times. And so, you know, I'm always I'm always thankful for that target audience that I've got. Amen. I'm able I'm able to, to fire off the gospel and know that there's still somebody listening that needs it. Amen. So, so you pray for those who listen in to our service, because it's not just for us. We want to reach out as far beyond these walls as we possibly can. We want to reach sinners far and wide. We want people to come to Jesus we'll never, ever hear about. Because someday, when we get on the other side, we'll see them. We'll run into them there, and it will be a crowd. And I assure you that, and you'll be glad that, uh, that we, we hustle with this every time we have service. Uh, and it's not a hassle, even though it seems like it sometimes. Technology can be a hassle, but it's sure not a hassle uh, to, to get people the gospel. Amen. Turn to Proverbs chapter 8 tonight. I, I'm thankful again tonight for the book of Proverbs. I'm so grateful for the wisdom that we get from it. And uh, I sat and wrestled with notes all day today, and I finally, about 4 o'clock, just threw my notes away and said, God, I know this passage. I think I'll just preach. So uh, so you pray for me tonight. I, I just want to preach what's on my heart and share with you what the Word of God says. It I don't think it'll take us too long to get through it tonight. We might even go home a little bit early, and uh, I know that won't hurt nobody's feelings. So I'll hush rambling, and we'll get into the, into the Scripture tonight. Proverbs chapter 8, and we're going to read verses 12 through 21. 12 through 21. And chapter 8 has been all about the woman called wisdom. We looked at that last week. We read verses 1 through 11, and we and we talked about wisdom, and we contrasted her with the adulteress that we saw in chapter 7, where the adulteress wanted to whisper uh, deceitful, uh, lustful things in, in, dark, in the dark and private to deceive somebody. Wisdom stands out in the middle of everywhere and cries aloud with her message because her message is a message of life. And we're going to pick up here. In, in verse 11 and read down through verse 21 right now. Let's go ahead and read. It says, For wisdom is better than rubies, uh, and all the things that may be desired are not to be compared to it. That's where we got, that's what, where we left it last week. We see the value of wisdom. But then verse 12 says, I wisdom dwell with prudence. Wisdom is talking about herself now. I wisdom dwell with prudence and find out knowledge of witty inventions. The fear of the Lord is to hate pride, evil, uh, hate, I'm sorry, hate evil, pride, and arrogancy, and the evil way and the forward mouth do I hate. Counsel is mine and sound wisdom. I am understanding. I have strength. By me kings reign and princes decree justice. By me princes rule and nobles, even all the judges of the earth. I love them that love me, and those that seek me early shall find me. Riches and honor are with me, yea, durable riches and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold, yea, than fine gold, and my revenue than choice silver. I lead in the way of righteousness in the midst of the paths of judgment. 
that I may cause those that love me to inherit substance, and I will fill their treasuries. Let's go to the Lord tonight in a word of prayer. May he add his blessing to his word. Father, we thank you. Thank you for the precious word of God. And Lord, now we come to the time of preaching. And Lord, I realize my lack. I realize, Lord, all of my need that I have of you. Lord, I can't do a bit of this without you, Father. Lord, I come tonight just as you led me to. Lord, just just relying on you alone, Father. And I pray tonight you'll take me and and, uh, fill me up and pour me out for your honor and glory. Lord, may I honor and glorify Jesus. That's my heart's desire. Lord, I pray tonight that, Lord, as we magnify Christ and as we tell of his wondrous glory, Lord, may we understand how we're to walk in it and how we're to benefit from it, Father. I'm so thankful tonight for the for the truth of, of your word. I'm thankful for your wisdom that you freely give it. Lord God, I'm thankful that you give it to men and make them what they are to be, and we'll not be anything without it. And Father, I'm thankful tonight that you love us like you do. Please pour out your love here on us tonight. And Lord, speak through me. I humbly put myself in your hand and ask for you to use me for your glory. Speak to hearts tonight. Do a work in somebody's heart, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, so grateful, and I am completely grateful for wisdom. If it weren't for wisdom, where would I be? I'm so thankful that at some point in my life, I tried. I learned that I needed to cease from my own wisdom. Uh, that's not to say I wake up every day and and don't fall back on it from time to time. But when I do, I realize that I was wrong to do so. God's wisdom is the only true wisdom there is. Any other is is not wisdom at all. But I want to say tonight before we start, because wisdom calls itself I. It says I wisdom in verse 12. So who is wisdom? Who are we talking about here when it says I wisdom? You know, this morning, Erica actually sent me a, she sent me a a text and she asked me a question. She was, she was over in chapter nine and over in here in chapter nine, in verse 3, it says, talking about wisdom, I've done this. Well, actually, verse 2, and it says she this and she that. And, and, and she said, who is, who is she? Who is she talking about? I mean, who's the Bible talking about here? And I, expl- I had to explain to her that the Bible's kind of speaking poetically here when it talks about wisdom as a she, like you, like if you went down and, and, and bought you, went over to Jesse Harvey and bought you one of that, that shiny blue, Corvette I saw sitting out there when I pulled out Sunday. That was a nice-looking little Corvette. But if you bought that and you parked in the parking lot down at Dairy Queen and went and get you a milkshake, somebody come out and said, man, look at that. I said, man, ain't she pretty? Uh, yeah, if that was mine, wouldn't you? Ain't she pretty? I, I, I think your Dan's done that pulling up in an orange Jeep. Ain't she pretty? I like my Jeep, you know. I mean, I mean it's a she. Even though even though we know good and well, it ain't, it ain't got eye, long eyelashes and it don't wear makeup and it don't wear no dresses. It ain't a she, really. But we speak poetically of a vehicle. We, you know, if we, like I said, we're at the shipyard, we might look at a boat and say, boy, she's a pretty boat. But it's not really a female. You might say that about a big building. Man, she's a tall building, but it's not really a she. And wisdom is not really a she, but it's spoken of with the female gender. And uh, for whatever reason, I can't even tell you, but for whatever reason, it's spoken of that way. But, uh, but anyway, so... But to be honest with you, who is wisdom? It's not really a sheep. Wisdom is Christ. Wisdom is Christ. And I'm going to show you that. Turn to Colossians 2. 
I'm going to go. We're going to go. We're going to look at three different verses before we get back into this message tonight. Colossians chapter two. Now I don't hear pages turning, so either y'all forgot your Bible or everybody's on electronic one tonight. Okay. Colossians chapter two and verse three. Tell me when you find that. Say amen. Okay. <clears throat> well, I didn't hear it, everybody, but I'll take your word for it. All right. Colossians chapter two, verse three. Listen to what it says. And it's speaking of Christ when it says this, in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So in Christ are hid all, not some, but all of the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. Without me, you can know nothing, too. Because he is the sum of all the knowledge and wisdom. Amen. All right. Now look down. Look down six verses to verse nine. In verse nine of Colossians chapter two, it says, "For in Him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily." So in Christ, when He walked on this earth, in Him dwelt all of the fullness of God completely. All the fullness of the Godhead, the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. He was all of the power of God walking around bodily, all right? Now, I'm going to read for us. I won't make you turn over, but Ephesians 1.8, listen to what it says. Wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence. Christ hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence. You know what happened when I got saved? All of that moved into me. When you got saved, all of that moved into you. You have access to it. That doesn't mean you access it, but that means it's there. It's available. All the wisdom of God is available to you. Because if Christ lives in you, then that availability is there for you to have all of God's wisdom at your disposal. Amen? I want you to think on that as we go into this tonight. Amen? Because God wants us to be wise. God wants us to have understanding. God wants us to walk through this world in a careful manner uh, to, to, to represent him well and to be successful at it. So that's what I want us to look at tonight. Verse 11 there, uh, I mean verse 12 rather, he said, I wisdom dwell with prudence. How many of y'all just know prudence right off the top of your head? You can give me a dictionary definition of prudence. All right, okay. See, I'll need some, y'all need one. I got you. Okay. I got you covered. All right. I'm going to make it real simple. Prudence and wisdom are, are, are kind of like chemicals. Wisdom, we know what wisdom is. Wisdom is the knowledge of what's right and proper, the, 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 the knowledge of, of, of what's good and how to do what's good, and to be able to tell the difference between right and wrong. It's discernment. It's all those things. Prudence is wisdom walking in shoe leather. It's application of that wisdom. Prudence is putting in, putting wisdom in practice. Okay? It's kind of like having a tractor but not having the key. Won't do you much good, okay? Make many taters come out of the ground until you learn that, until you got the, until you put it into practice. So you crank it up and drop that, drop that plow on the ground and, and, and bust it up and, and do the work. So you have all that wisdom actually, you can have it available to you. But unless you put it in practice, it's not going to do you a lot of good. But that's prudence. And so the Bible says here that I wisdom dwell with prudence. So they're, they're, they're real mates. 
right? Again, what, what good is that wisdom if you don't use it? So that's wisdom in practice, all right? And then look at the next, next uh, part of that verse right there, the next phrase. And to find out knowledge of witty inventions. I got a confession to make to y'all. I, I, I'm going to be like Fonzie up here. I was wrong. Remember when Fonzie did it? I, it couldn't say I was wrong. Well, I'm going to do something live on Facebook tonight. I'm going to admit I was wrong, and I preached something wrong for years. I'm going to confess to you tonight, and I didn't do it on purpose. But you know what? I'm going to show you that a preacher can grow because I can learn and move past my mistakes. I have preached for years that verse right there wrong. I preached that that it means that you know that that God will show you how show you all kinds of of, of neat ways to to uh, you know when you get close to God, God will reveal things to you. And I and I talked about Laterno, the Laterno man, and how God gave him dreams to to you know to build those great big earth moving machines and bless him. And all those things are true. But I don't necessarily know now that I've really studied this this passage that that's what this verse was talking about. Now, because I want you to see. Because the context, when you look at the verse, context is king when you're studying the Bible. Okay? The Bible is talking talking about how to live in a, in a careful manner, how to live in a successful manner, how to live by wisdom and, and the benefits of wisdom. And, and so it says, our wisdom dwells with prudence. So wisdom dwells with, with carefulness, careful behavior that leads to a good testimony. Careful behavior that, that honors the Lord Jesus. When you have wisdom, when you know what God wants and what God doesn't want, when you have that wisdom, you're able to put it in practice and you live a life that's careful not to offend others and not to offend the Lord and to honor Christ. That's, that's prudent. That's putting that into practice. And it says, God says that I, that wisdom dwells with prudence and, and the key to this is find out. And find out knowledge of witty inventions. What I found out in studying this is that witty inventions, the word witty has a negative connotation. When, when, when wisdom dwells with prudence, when you live your life by the wisdom of God in a careful manner, God gives you a sense of when somebody's trying to do something, you get something over on you. When somebody's got a clean in their work in the a witty or a crafty invention, when the devil's plans are working against you to try to hurt you or destroy you, God says wisdom, and wisdom gives knowledge that helps us find out these witty inventions. In other words, to spoil the devil's plans that he has against us is what the Bible is teaching there. So we need wisdom, you know why? Because we have an enemy who walks about seeking whom he may devour, and he has all kinds of wiles the Bible talks about. And this witty, the witty inventions spoken here, I do believe are synonymous with the wiles of the devil. So he's, well, I believe what he's saying here is that, is that we, need, we need wisdom because, number one, we need to know how to walk, but we need to, know, we need to be careful how to walk. Because if we're not careful in our walk, you know, we can, we can blow our testimony. We, we, can, we can make a mess of our Christian life and, and bring shame upon the Lord rather than glory like we're intended to. So, you know, verse 13. So, no, verse 12 basically saying, listen, wisdom 
Wisdom will put a good head on a man's shoulders and, and settle him down and help him to walk and help him to live, help a woman to walk and to live in this world. Verse 13, the Bible says, The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Pride and arrogancy and the evil way and the forward mouth do I hate. That, that, that goes along with wisdom because when we have wisdom, we know to fear the Lord. We know to put to put our allegiance to God above our allegiance to man, to put our allegiance to heaven above our allegiance to country, put our allegiance to our heavenly Father above our allegiance to even our earthly Father. Our allegiance to God goes above all. And because of that, that allegiance to God, that's the fear of the Lord. It's, I mean, that's, he, he, again, he gets first place. He gets, the, he gets the ultimate veto in our lives, the fear of the Lord. And if, and if we fear him, well, the Bible says we'll hate evil. Why? Because God hates evil. And, and God, God, the Bible tells us that God hates pride. So if we begin to see pride cropping up in our life, then we're to hate it and we're to put it down and not to say, well, that's okay, because that's me. It's all right for me to be prideful because it's just me. No, we can't be that way. We have to cast it down when it's on our own life. Amen? The Bible says we're to hate that. You know, it's not my business to hate pride in somebody else. It's my business to hate pride in me. Because not my, I can't, I can't deal with anybody else's sins but my own. Amen? We read, we read things like that sometimes. We think, yeah, that's right. We need to hate, hate pride. But we always think about hating it in somebody else. We're the ones God's talking to. Right? So, so if we fear God, we'll hate pride every time it shows up. We'll hate arrogancy any time we begin to think that we've got it all figured out and we know it all. No, we'll hate that in ourselves and we'll cast it down. And God says we'll hate the evil way. That's anything that, that comes up in our life that would lead us away from the way of God and the way that a Christian ought to behave or the way a Christian ought to talk or treat someone else. We'll hate it and we'll cast it down. And the Bible says in the forward mouth. You know, God forbid sometimes a word come out of our mouth that shouldn't come out of our mouth. Sometimes sometimes we we accidentally hurt ourselves and, and before we know it, something comes out and we didn't mean to say it. And and, and and you know, we feel terrible that we did. Or or we get we lose our temper with somebody and somebody'll get us angry and we all of a sudden we got words coming out. We didn't mean to talk like that. And then when it's over with we look back and we think, How in the world did I talk like that? God have mercy on me. We gotta be careful what we what words we use. Because words reflect on what's inside. <clears throat> and God says we're to hate those things. God hates them. Because if God hates them, we're to hate them. Amen? Because if we can't love him like we're supposed to love him and love things that he hates. It just doesn't work that way. Uh, you know, a man can't love his wife. And, and love another woman. I guarantee you she's going to hate that. So, I mean, there's no, you can't do that. I mean, you, you cannot, it's just the same. You can't love God and love on the devil and his crowd. It just don't work that way. God won't have it. And, and verse 14, it says, counsel is mine. What's God saying? I'm the only place you need to come for real, real counsel. Listen, man ain't got the answers is what he's trying to say. Uh, you know, it, I sit and watch government people stand up and talk and they lie through their teeth. 
I know they don't have no answers. I sit and watch that press secretary. Gosh, she's just one big lie after another. I mean, she don't know how to do a little lie. You ever heard somebody lie like a rug? Well, she lies like a rug. She really does lie like a rug. I don't trust nobody, nothing I say. I don't trust nothing the pharmaceutical industry tells us. I, I, I just don't trust too many people, uh, you know. You know, I, I don't trust the I don't trust the psychology, the psychiatric business. You know, they, they deal with depression and all those different things. They got all these different kind of answers, and they got all this kind of help that people need. But you realize psychology is basically based on two guys. One of them was a cigar chomping, uh, cocaine addicted a guy with mama issues named Sigmund Freud, and the other was an occultist named Carl Jung. So those two guys ain't got no clue. I need God. I don't need help down in the shrink's office. I don't need help through some help, 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 help guru. I don't need it through some tel, uh, telemarketer who's trying to push some program he's got. Don't need it through some uh, televangelist who's going to try to tell me how i got to do it and send him some money. No, I need God. You need God. People look everywhere else but God. And he said, counsel is mine. I'm the one who come up with counsel. I, I know everything. How can I not give you what you need? It just makes sense that we, we ought to go to God, first of all. He ought to be the number one, number one of number ones in our number one life. Amen? God ought to be it. There ought not be, there ought not be a second place. Because God ain't never going to fail. God's never going to let you down. He is wisdom. There is nowhere else you can go to get something better. He has it all. Counsel is mine. And sound wisdom. It's solid. You won't ever find a fault of God's wisdom. You may not like God's wisdom because God's wisdom might tell you something other than what you want to do. It might tell your flesh no and swat your hand like a little kid and say, no, 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 you ain't do that. You might not like God's wisdom, but I can promise you this, it's rock solid. You won't ever find it to fail. Amen. He said, it's mine. Come to me. I am understanding. There is no understanding outside of me. You can try to convince yourself that you're right. You can try to convince yourself that somebody else has got a good idea, but when it all comes right down to it, he said, I am not, I, I'm not good understanding. I am understanding. And when you come to me, I'll straighten you out. I'll comb all the kinks out of your head if you'll come to me and let me have you. That's what God's trying to tell us. He said, I have strength. You don't have a problem that I can't handle. You don't, you, I don't care how weak you are. I can make you strong. I, I can fix whatever's wrong because I have it. I am strength. He says, look, you, you, got, you come to me with your little old problem? He said, listen, by me king's reign. <laughs> you, you can't figure out how to handle your little daily issue? I help king's reign. Think about what he just said. How many problems do they have with their whole kingdom? And, I, and I'm, I'm helping them do that. I fix your little problem. He said, by me, princes decree justice. I mean, that affects how many people. It affects whole kingdoms worth of people. I can help your family. I can help your marriage. I can help you raise your kids. That's what God's trying to say. Just come to me. I wonder, when's the last time you came to God with your problem first? How long has it been since you talked to God about your problems like you should? Just really turn them over to him and let him have them and not try to share them with your friends, not try to share them with your family, not try to share them with somebody else, not try to share them with a stranger, but just give them to God and let him have them. He said, I can do it. He said, you listen, listen, by me, princes rule, and nobles, even all the judges of the earth, all the judges of the earth, if they judge correctly, now listen, 
I'm not saying that God is behind all the judges of the earth, because we know good and well there's some judges in this earth who's corrupt as corrupt can be. But all those who are trying to judge correctly, if they're trying to do it justly, God is helping them. Because if they're going to do it correctly, they're looking to God for their help. I don't know how many there are left who do it that way, but all the ones who are trying to do it right are doing it by asking God for their help because they can't judge they can't judge correctly without God's help. Verse 17. What's a powerful verse right here? I think everybody ought to really listen to this. It says, I love them that love me. I love them that love me. You can look at that in a negative way and do that in a positive way. You couldn't get God saying, if you don't love me, I don't love you. Well, you can look at it that way. And and that's true. If you reject Jesus Christ, you know what? God's going to reject you. That's the way God outshowed his love to us. The Bible says that God commendeth his love toward us. How did he how did He show us he loved us? Isn't it while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So that's how God showed us he loved us. How do we show him we love him? By accepting his sacrifice and love so we can be with him. That's how we show him we love him. By believing on Christ as our Savior. And God said, listen, all those who love me, I'll love you back. And I'm going to tell you, I look at the positive part of that. That tells me, look here, if I love God, God will love on me like I've never been loved before. There ain't nobody love me like God. And I mean, I'm sitting in a room right now with a person who's loved me more than anybody's ever loved me before. My mama loved me more than anybody's ever loved me on this earth. But I can tell you this, she ain't loved me like God is. Not even try hard as she's tried to, and she's tried off hard. She's been a good mama, but she ain't loved me like God. God, God loved me when she frustrated at me. God loved me when she wrings her hands and says, "I don't know what to do with him anymore." And they've been them times. But you know what? In, in those hours, you know what? God still, when she couldn't do nothing, shake her head. God said, "I got this one. I love him. He's gonna be all right." When she said, "I don't know. I don't know. I don't know." I don't know if he's going to turn out all right or not. I really don't know. And I know she had to have said that sometimes. But God said, I, I love him. And he loves me. Even though he don't act like it sometimes, he loves me. Back then, I, I wasn't a very good child. But you know what? I loved him. And, and you know what? He never quit loving me. He never quit. And I praise God for that. But I'm going to tell you, the best part of it is the more, you can't out-love God. You can't out-love God. You know, the thing about it with people... You can love some people and just love on them and love on them, and, 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 and you know, and they just won't. They just won't love you back, not like you want them to. You gotta love them. I mean, there's some people you gotta love them. You love them, wish they loved you back like you love them. But I mean, you're doing all the heavy lifting and the loving. I understand that happens that way sometimes with some people, but not that way with God. You cannot love Him. You start you listen, you put your heart into loving the Lord. You set your you set your mind to loving the Lord. You put your will into loving the Lord, and God will pour out his favor on you like you ain't never believed, ain't never thought of. He'll pour out a blessing to you that you can't receive. He says, Open thy mouth wide and I'll fill it. That's what he said. God will God will pour out his love on you if you'll love him like you ought to. And the Bible says, Moses seek me early, she'll find me. You know what that tells me? Just like, a, just like a guy who's got somebody coming in for a job application, God don't want you waiting until 4 o'clock in the afternoon to come meet with him. God don't want you to do everything else you got to do and then show up and see him at the last minute. 
God says, those that seek me early shall find me. When you roll up out of bed the first time in the morning and you're stretching them limbs and, and you're trying to get your, get your stuff feeling dizzy because you've been laying flat all night and trying to figure out if you can stand up or not because your feet ain't ready to work yet. Listen, before you do all that, don't, don't talk to God and tell him, thank you, I woke up again. Lord, thank you that I'm able to stand up. Thank you, Lord, that my eyes opened and they still work, that I'm still breathing. That I can still feel with my hands. That I can still think with my mind. Thank you, Lord, that you love me. You know what? If we just talk to him early, just talk to him first thing, the day will start off on the right foot. We need that wisdom. We need to go to him early. We need to tell him, Lord, I, I need you today. I got, I'm going to deal with people today. I'm going to face the difficulties today. And, and Lord, if I, if I don't have you with me, I'm not going to do it right. I'm, I'm liable to say things I shouldn't say and feel ways I shouldn't feel and act ways I shouldn't act. If, Lord, if you're not in the driver's seat of my life, seek him early. Seek his wisdom before you set out to do anything. Verse 18, he says, Riches and honor are with me. Yea, durable riches and righteousness. God says, you come to me. I've, he, he's already said, I've got wisdom. I've got knowledge. I've got what you need. Uh, to, to, to not only to, to guide you away from the things that, that would hurt you, away from the things that would snare you, away from the things that would mislead you, but not only to protect you, but to guide you into the things that will bless you, the things that, the, the things that you need, the things that will help you, the things that will grow you. God wants to guide you and lead you into all those things. And he says, listen, I've got everything. I've got all the riches. People are chasing after riches in this world. You know, people are chasing after an almighty dollar, and they're not happy even when they find it. They can get all the dollars in the world and stick them in all kinds of things, but those things break and tear up, and they don't satisfy. If we seek after God with the same vigor that we seek after money, we find what, what causes satisfaction in this world is not material things but spiritual things. But a, but a satisfaction in our soul and knowing that everything in the world is right between us and our, and our Lord. He says, riches. He ain't talking about money. And he says, riches and honor are with me. He says, yea, durable riches. Durable, durable riches, that's, that's kind of like saying generational money. You know, we, in East Texas, you think about people having oil money. They, you know, they ain't got to work about nothing. The rest of their life, they got oil money. You know, they got... It's old money. Well, God's talking about what well, he's talking about, like old money. You know, people ain't hey, 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 they ain't got to work. They ain't got to do nothing. They just, they just live it. Listen, God ain't talking about us just sitting around doing nothing like that. But He's talking about durable riches that last forever, though. It's like what you, what you have in Christ Jesus, it lasts, it lasts your lifetime. Amen. You got enough for a lifetime. It's like generational money. Listen, what, what you have, the riches you have in God, praise God. You can't find nothing like that in this world. Durable. He says, my fruit is better than gold. What he has is the wisdom of God to be able to make good decisions, to be able to give other people good advice and good wisdom that, 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 they, that they, profit, they profit by it, that their life is blessed by it. That's, that's that's better than having handing people hundred dollar bills. 
to give somebody some wisdom that will help them to have a blessed life is better than if you handed them a handful of $100 bills. God says, I've got that. I've got that with me. Not only that, I've eternal life. I mean, you and I have that. We have those riches already. You you may not have any money in your bank account, but you know what? If you know how to tell somebody how to get to heaven, you've got all the riches in the world that you can share with anybody and make them rich. Think about that. You have the ability within you to make somebody else rich in Christ Jesus. We ought to be making millionaires. We really ought to. We ought to be making people spiritual millionaires everywhere we go. Why in the world wouldn't we? We won't lose anything. We won't be any poorer than we would be when we started. Matter of fact, we'll be richer because we'll be in the company with other, of other millionaires. Amen. I don't know why we don't we don't invest what God has given us into His work any harder than we do. Because listen, that's a, that's a, that's all in the world. This life's about is about bringing more people into the family of God. That's really what this life is all about. Verse twenty one, and I'm gonna be finished. He said that I may cause those that love me to inherit substance, and I will fill their treasury. Now, I suppose we, if we wanted to, we could probably try to find a way to enable that to, to mean something with money in this world, but I really don't think that's what that, that Bible verse is referring to. Because those that love the Lord, those that he talked about who love him, are those that fear him. Those who love him are those that hate evil, pride, arrogancy, the evil way, and the forward mouth. Those that love him seek him. So those who love him and seek him and hate the evil way and love the, the way of God, those are the ones that God says, I will cause, I will cause to inherit substance. Those are the ones he said, I will fill their treasures. Now, is it true that God chooses those who are, who are closely following him, that love him, who have a heart for him? Is it true that God sometimes chooses those people to allow them to have the worldly wealth in order to use that wealth for his kingdom and his glory? Sure, you better believe it. Sometimes God will absolutely pour out all his blessings on somebody who's got a, a kind, loving, giving heart who will work for him and, and, and do what he wants. But I really don't know that that's what that verse is. The riches that God's talking about here, the substance that God's talking about here, that's eternal substance. Those treasures that he's talking about there, I don't believe those are earthly treasures. I believe those are treasures that will that'll, that'll last forever. Those are eternal treasures. The treasures that, that the Bible talks about, I have not seen their ear to her neither have entered into the hearts of man the things that God has prepared for them that love him. If you and I will, will see that, that Christ is wisdom, if you and I will understand that, that by seeking a relationship with Christ, seeking to, to enrich that relationship with Christ, and then the way we do that, again, is by, by being diligent in our, in our study, being diligent in our walk with Christ and our talk with Christ every day. You know, again, the more you talk to somebody, the more you listen to somebody, the stronger that relationship grows. And if we neglect to spend time listening to God through our reading the Bible, we neglect to spend time talking to God through prayer, then we've neglected that relationship, and it's going to grow distant. But if we will, if we will dedicate ourselves to our relationship daily with talking 
and walking with God in the Scripture, that relationship will get deeper and deeper and closer and closer. And you cannot help but get wiser and wiser and wiser. And the wiser you get, the closer you get, the more you love him, the more you fear him, the more you will invest yourself into the lives of other people, the more you will invest yourself into trying to do the work of God, and the more treasure you're laying up for yourself in heaven. And the more blessings God puts on your life down here. Let's stand together. Wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence. It's there again. But you have to go to God in prayer. You gotta go to him and say, Lord, I want I know that wisdom is available to me. You know, the Bible says if any if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth to all men liberally. Again, access is there. We just need to go access it. Say, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do about this. I don't know what to do about it. Go to God. Don't tell me you don't know. Go to God. He knows. Counsel is mine. He's waiting. We just need to go and say, Lord, I need you. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer tonight. Ask God to bless us. Father,